Dolphins got to hurry. Oh, no. Jesperson. Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of At Large Bid. We are on episode 6 here. And of course today we got our NCAA tournament bracket reactions. We got a little bit of a recap of conference tournament play and everything like that. Uh, I am Parker Fields here as always with my co-host Neil Meyer. And we'll go, we're will going to be covering everything college basketball today. Get you ready for the tournament. Get you prepared for this. And we'll have another video later this week. Uh, likely after those first round matchups to talk a little bit about what happened during the first round of the tournament and everything like that. And then we'll be, a bit, be back Monday to cover uh, who's in the Sweet 16 and all that stuff. But uh, without further ado, Neil, how are you doing today, my guy? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, really excited for the tournament here. Uh, as a Kentucky fan, you know, I was hyped about the sixth seed. I thought we were going to be like an eight seed. Don't understand how Texas A&M was a lower seed than us. But uh, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, most definitely. You can't be complaining in your situation there, Parker, obviously. You're a big Kentucky guy. I like that. I love that matchup for Kentucky. I don't like it. I love that matchup for Kentucky. I think Kentucky could really make that nice little run in that uh, that region as well. So, overall, I love that matchup for Kentucky. Yeah, I think we kind of fleeced the the bracket, not going to lie, because I was kind of, like, thinking we were going to be an yeah, eight seed. At best, seven. Like, I didn't think we were going to be a six seed. Because six seed was what we were projected before we lost to Vandy. So I was like, all right, we're going to be a seven or eight. We lost to freaking Vandy. I mean, Vandy's not horrible, but, like, it's not a good loss in the first your first game of the conference tournament. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Um, we do I want to talk a little bit about the conference tournament play, just talk a little bit about teams that, you know, maybe cemented their spot in the NCAA tournament by their conference tournament play. But uh, I think we should go more in-depth with the bracket than so far, than with the field rather than talk more about, like, each game individually in the conference tournament and everything like that. So let's talk a little bit about just uh, what are some teams that you think kind of cemented their spot in the tournament with their conference tournament play? Yeah, I'll say, I'll start off. This is a team I saw firsthand over the last five days in Fort Worth. I'm going to go with the Memphis Tigers. Uh, they're playing their best ball of the season. Kendrick Davis is arguably one of the top guards in all of college basketball. He was a third-team All-American. I mean, we saw what he did over – uh, that three-game span broke the American Athletic Conference tournament scoring record, finished with 84 points in three games. Him and DeAndre Williams have been turning things up lately for Memphis. And, I mean, I, I saw it firsthand. Uh, their victory over uh, Wichita – or it was UCF. Their victory over UCF. Yeah, UCF. Memphis had 81 points. They beat them 81 to 76, I believe, if I remember right. 
Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams combined for 68 of those 81 points. 68. 35 coming from DeAndre, 33 coming from Kendrick Davis. And I mean, man, when Kendrick Davis gets going, he's not he's not one to talk. I've heard it in press conferences with him all week. He said, I don't like the talking. I just like the hoop. And he goes, when you guys talk crazy, I'm going to show you what crazy is. And I'm going to go put, I'm going to go put buckets. And I mean, that's exactly what he did this weekend. Finished with 31 points. Yes. In yesterday's win over number one seeded Houston. Obviously that was a Houston team without Marcus Sasser, AAC player of the year. However, the way Memphis was playing yesterday, I, I don't really think, yeah, Marcus Sasser makes a difference in that game, but Memphis was just absurdly good yesterday. Like they played their best game of the season. They played their best game as of, as of all season. Like they've been getting hot at the right time. They were they were a bubble team uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago. They were a bubble team. Like looking out outside. Uh, eight seed. Yeah, now they're an eight seed. They'll play FAU, uh, Florida Atlantic University on Friday, which is a, a great matchup for them. Obviously, now that both of those guys will be in the American next year. But overall, like. Memphis is getting hot right now, and it starts with Kendrick Davis. Yeah, man, and something that really impressed me about Memphis over the weekend was that freaking dominant win over Tulane. They absolutely dominated Tulane. Mm-hmm. What they end up winning by forty? It was a forty ball, ninety-four. Did Tulane end up getting in the in the uh, nit? Nope. Yeah, that probably hurt. <laughs> Seriously, that probably hurt from them getting in the nit. Um, that game was rough. Uh, a forty bomb in the semifinals. Of the tournament when all season you guys have been pretty similar record wise and record, you know what I mean? They've been pretty and similar. This was a two lane team that had beat Memphis both times yeah. this season. Yeah, but that's... what was crazy too is obviously like fatigue played a role into that factor because Tulane had Wichita State late Friday night. I think it was like by the time pressers and the game ended over, it was like 11, I would say like 11 central time. So by the time pressers, they didn't get out of the arena till like 1230 central time, which is. Yeah, that's tough. And then they had to turn around and do that thing right again. And Ron Hunter told us that uh, following the game to Memphis, he, that they woke up and he could kind of see fatigue in the players. So that kind of played a role, obviously a quick turnaround, but that Memphis team's a very good Memphis team, but I was not expecting a 40 ball versus a very good Tulane team that has three guys averaging 20 points a game. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And uh, for me, the first school that I want to talk about uh, that really, really improved their stock over the weekend was Penn State, obviously. That team uh, likely would not have gotten into the tournament uh, if they didn't make that run. Um, what seed did they end up getting? Do you know? Penn I'm State, sure I think they got a 10. Okay, yeah. There was a good chance. Like, they had to win at least a couple games to get in. If they would have got bounced first round, they probably weren't getting in. And honestly, they probably took Rutgers' spot in the in the tournament by making a deep run and Rutgers not. Um, this Penn State team was really impressive over the weekend. Uh, and yeah, dude, they really they really played well. They almost beat Purdue after being down 17 <laughs> with six minutes left. They went into that full court press, full court trap, uh, whatever you want to call it. And they absolutely were just getting steal after steal because Purdue, as you saw, if you watched the Big Ten tournament this weekend, can't break a damn press to save their life. Uh, they almost lost to Rutgers because they couldn't break a press and almost blew a big time lead to Rutgers. And then they almost did it again just two days later. And that's what's crazy to me. Like, how the hell do you guys not know how to break a press? Like, seriously. Um, you're a high-level program, 
and you're the you're a number one seed in the in the whole NCAA tournament, and you can't break a press, which is really rough. Um, and it kind of made me think less of Purdue, not really Purdue like overall, like with Gillis and Edie, but and of course Edie, but it made me think less of their guard play. And I mean, I wasn't really impressed with their guard play all season, but it made me think even less of their guard play because I was really just unimpressive. Yeah, no, as you mentioned, Purdue's guard play is. It's what's it's what's keeping this team back from being a number one seed. Their guard play has been so high and then so low this season. Like beginning of the year, their guard play was nice. It was like it was above average guard play, but as of late, like dude, you can't break a press. Like especially in this time of year, like dude, teams are going to be sending that press at you left and right. If you can't find a way to break it, teams are going to do it. We saw it in the Big Ten tournament, and I guarantee you that they will see. A press versus Texas Southern or FDU, Fairleigh Dickinson, come through in that first round game because, hey, they probably watched the film on them. However, I will say if Purdue makes it to the round of 32 with a team like Memphis, good luck beating a press versus Memphis. Good luck. Call me, call me crazy. Purdue just has fraud written all over it in my eyes. I, nope. I'm there I, with you. Uh, I think there's some frauds. I'm not going to lie. I think they're a team, like you said, that if they play Memphis in the round of 32, there's a good shot Memphis beats them. And don't be shocked if in the first round they just not, they're not, I don't think they're going to lose, but don't be shocked if, you know, they get pushed a little bit. It's not a 40 point blowout like you'd expect. Don't be shocked if uh, <laughs> they, they hang around for a little bit because Purdue, I mean, they've just, they've really struggled during this conference tournament. And I know they won. I know they won a major conference tournament. And you might think, oh, you guys are idiots. Why the hell are you saying this after they literally won their tournament? But there was just some red flags that popped up. And they got a really easy draw in their conference tournament um, because a lot of other Big Ten teams got upset. So <laughs> they didn't really play the the biggest and baddest uh, Big Ten squads. Uh, they had Ohio State in the semis, who was a – we called, by the way, or I called. I don't know which one, but – I remember saying on the pod that I thought Ohio State was going to make it to at least the quarterfinals. They ended up making it to the semis. And they Ohio State pushed them a little bit. And then they ended up playing a – what was – was Penn State the 12 seed in their tournament? Yeah, Penn State was at the bottom of the – Ohio State was 13. Penn State was 12, I think. And Penn State put up a fight against them as well. Or really almost won, not just a fight. They almost won and pulled off a crazy upset, which was you know tough to see. And it's just like blowing leads is scary because when you're playing – the really good teams, when you're playing a squad like Memphis, I don't think Memphis is going to blow that shot. Or hell, even no. FAU. If FAU beats Memphis and they play them, I don't think FAU would, you know, uh, uh, blow a shot if they uh, get in the striking range. And the reason I, I agree with your statement there, for one, but the reason I I say Memphis will give that team trouble, Alex Lomax is arguably one of the best defenders, not within just the American, but within college basketball. Mm-hmm. We saw it. All all season long, when he was healthy, obviously he was dealing with the groin injury. But man, yeah, his performance yesterday versus Houston was phenomenal on the defensive end. I mean, it just felt like Tremont Mark, Jamal Shedd, Terrence Arsenault, like their pockets were just getting picked. And that's what Alex Lomax is so good. Memphis is so good with their hands at in defense. Like they're so good with their hands. They're very active. <laughs> Kendrick Davis as well is very active with his hands, but Kendrick Davis is so smooth and silky and like shifty with the ball in his hands. But 
Alex Lomax's defense, uh, defensive pressure will cause a lot of fits for Purdue if they get that matchup. And I mean, I saw it yesterday. We saw the quote from Alex Lomax after talking to his game. After talking to him after the AAC championship game, we asked him. We said, hey, you kind of you kind of made a gesture there after you picked Jamal Shedd's pocket, went back for an and one. We all saw the gesture. I'm not going to say what the gesture was, but we asked him about it, and he, he gave us what he uh, had told, uh, screamed and said on the court, and he said, I got big nuts. And <laughs> that was that was the quote from Alex Lomax following the and one. What a so quote. overall, I mean, Alex Lomax's defense, Kendrick Davis, then you throw DeAndre Williams in there, and then you have other guards. Like, dude, that Memphis backcourt would give Purdue fits if yeah. they play that team in the round of 32. And I mean fits. A hundred percent. And if if Purdue this season, the way Zach Eady's been all season, how dominant he's, he's been, if you had Jaden Ivey on this squad, it, they'd be scary. Yeah, that'd be scary. Sadly, Jay Ivy was on the team last year when I when Edie was still really good, but he wasn't this guy. Yeah, if Ivy was on this squad this year and he returned, I I think if Ivy stayed Purdue, easy contender for number one. However, yeah. or even Ivy's if Ivy was there, just born so. a, a year later and was a freshman this year. <laughs> However, let's talk about a team me and you both know very well about. What's your thoughts on Houston? How do you think they go? heading into the conference tournament and what could they do to get to the final four that not only as they are the number two overall seed in the tournament, obviously they're coming off a loss to Memphis, but they might have the opportunity to run to the final four in their backyard at Houston. So what's your overall thoughts there on Parker, uh, Parker on Houston? Um, obviously the school I attend NKU is going to beat them by 30 in the first round. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, for Houston, they got a pretty good draw. Like you got Iowa or Auburn in that one eight match. Round of thirty two. They should be able to whoop either of them. Auburn is not very good, and Iowa we all know can't play a lick of defense. They never can. They could score, but Houston's an elite defensive team, and Houston's gonna lock that up. And yeah, they're gonna win that game. I, I don't have think they have a problem getting to the Sweet Sixteen. I really don't. But then it gets a little bit trickier when you get into the Sweet Sixteen. But it's still not like you you you'd face Miami or Indiana which, I mean, still are two kind of favorable favorable matchups for the way Houston plays. But I think Texas is the team that give them trouble because I really do think that Houston's kind of got a nice draw to the Elite Eight. I really do think that. I don't know about you, but, like, looking at their bracket, like, I think Texas is really the only team, like, that will really give them trouble. I take that back. I think Texas A&M could give them trouble, too, if Texas A&M advances. I do. Yeah, but no. to beat Houston, you got to be a physical team. Seriously, you got to be. You got to have strong big guards. You got to be physical. You got to be athletic. And like Indiana, I don't know if they can do that. Even though Indiana is a really good team, uh, I don't know if they can just body up on on Houston as, I, I do. as much. As, I do and that's like the same that. thing if, with Xavier. I think Xavier is not physical enough to beat Houston at all. I think Houston will beat Xavier because just literally lack of physicality. Yeah. Now whether it is. Xavier, Texas A&M, or even Indiana that gives that matchup for Houston. Or within Texas. That, or Texas within that Midwest region. Obviously, I think it's going to be Houston, Texas in the, uh, what would that be, Elite Eight? But in, yeah. in all likelihood, it's probably not going to be that matchup. <laughs> it usually isn't the one-two. It usually isn't. So it probably won't be that. But 
Yeah, that that's my prediction, though. I think Texas is a very good team. Obviously, they've been up and down, though. They've had some losses there in the Big 12, but like, I think for Houston, it comes back to, obviously, I was at the AAC tournament. The Marcus Sasser injury happened right in front of me. I got the, I think I had one of the best looks at the injury. It didn't look good. Definitely doesn't look good anytime a player goes down with a non-contact no. injury. But, however, within 12, it was roughly 18 hours later, Marcus Sasser is going through warm-ups with Houston yesterday morning. I was there reporting on it. Obviously, from the ex- expectation, like, after it happened, he didn't return to Cincinnati, the game versus Cincinnati. But then Marcus Sasser comes out and goes through warm-ups. But – in the end, it was probably the smartest decision for Kelvin Sampson, even though it did result in a loss, was to rest Marcus Sasser. From the tweets and whatnot I've seen, sounds like Sasser is expected to be able to give it a go versus NKU, but losing a guy like Marcus Sasser is a huge impact. But this is a Houston team that can get very inconsistent shooting, and I've seen it two times this week. I saw it versus ECU. There's no reason – there's no reason – that ECU should dominate the glass versus Houston team. No, Ezra no. Asar was a guy who had seven or eight offers coming out of college, out of high school, and he went up and put 18 and 19 on Houston. Like, outplayed Jarese Walker. Jarese Walker just went two for nine from the field that game. But the thing, ECU gave Houston a run for their money, and I didn't think I would be saying that. But then no. ultimately, Houston turned it on late to win by 13 or 14, but – we saw how they shot yesterday at Memphis. They shot just 31% from the field. Like, it's up and down stretches for Houston. Obviously, they came back there late yesterday. But this Houston team has been, from what I've seen in the last three days, like, obviously, they're very good defensively, very good guard play, very good length, very active on defense, like to pressure the ball. However, if you can't get anything going on offense, it's going to be tough. Yeah, if I was Houston, honestly, I would make Sasser active versus NKU, but I don't even know if I would like keep him on the bench. And uh, if you if you, the game starts off early and you're up like 15-2, just keep him on the bench the whole game. <laughs> That's what I would do, honestly. Like have him active in case you need him, but I wouldn't, you know, go full bore on him yet because I think they should be able to beat him, beat NKU without him. I would hope. I would yeah, hope no. they could beat NKU without him. Yeah, I'm there with you, but. It was a positive sign. Like I said, that injury happened right in front of me. It was a positive sign to even see him out there warming up in dress. Did he look fine, like, running yeah, and stuff? No, he, yeah, he looked he looked fine. I didn't see him do much, like, live running, like, full But screen. just, like, jogging and stuff? He looked but, good. yeah, I saw him do some jogging. I saw him do some light work, some lateral stuff. But I didn't see him do too much running. However, he, I, I watched him go through warm-ups, and he was letting that thing fly, and he was knocking them down. So, yeah, I think if they give him the over – over the night treatment for the next week. I think we see him Thursday, but however, I'm I'm in the same boat as you are. If they're up big at NKU, you you just rest the kid. You do. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, now let's get into some upset alerts that we could see happening this week. So let's talk a little bit about some matchups that we think could be upsets. I'll go first. Uh, I think Furman could give Virginia trouble. Um, I'm there with you. Furman's a good team. I watched them play in their conference championship. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was watching Furman games all year long. But I watched them in their conference championship. They looked really good, and they got some good players on this their team. And uh, Virginia, as we know, 
I don't think Virginia's even capable of beating a team in the NCAA tournament by more than like five points. So the game's going to be close. It's whether or not Furman can pull out late because we all know Virginia can't blow anybody out. They re- they they score fifty they points. How the hell are you going to blow somebody out if you score fifty points a game? Dude, they scored fifty points in the AAC final. Like, yeah, they're so boring. It's like like their offense is just awful. Atrocious. Like I hate to say it, they're awful. Like. So slow, like, come on. You can't can't go into March averaging 50 points a game. You can't. And this is a team, like, we've seen them go up and down all throughout the last month and a half there in the AP polls. They're currently sitting at 15. I don't think they should be 15. I think they should be on the lower end of, like, 18, 19 range. But we'll see. We'll see how they get this matchup. Um, yeah, but I just – I think that could be bad. The one that's screaming <clears> – <throat> out at me that this is going to be an upset a hundred percent. And I would honestly take their money line. Like if, uh, like I had to put my life depending on it, I would take this team over the other team. Are you is thinking the same BCU one I'm thinking? over St. Yep. Mary's that five, 12, twelve we know is the trap game. Like that is always upsets. They're usually every year, like two of the four games usually go five, 12, like five beats 12 usually. And what's, what's crazy. There's been too, years. It's BC- been three, four, like three of the teams win. And like VCU's good. And VCU's St. Mary's really isn't that good. <laughs> VCU's riding a conference championship too, and St. Mary's, yeah, they have the forty-point loss or whatever. Yeah, and they have St. Mary's has the uh, win versus Gonzaga, but I mean, it's back to the conversation Parker and I had earlier. How uh, good's Gonzaga? <laughs> they yeah, don't play how good's Gonzaga. Like we've had this talk on uh, earlier episodes of the At Large bit here, but reality, it's like one of those conversations. Like, who have they played? You know what I mean? Like that conference is Gonzaga and St. Mary's. That's who the WCC runs through. Like they have a W over Oral Roberts. I didn't know. That's a good dub. That's a good dub. That is a good dub. However, if you look down, St. Mary's ain't good. They're not good. I'm sorry. I, I think how many years? Like I, I don't know the history, the track record, but I feel like every single year St. Mary's is like a five or six and loses. Yeah, like however, every year. It's like, oh my God. At some point, are you not tired of putting this freaking team of like seventh year seniors who do nothing ever in the NCAA tournament in the tournament? And then you're looking down. If VC or St. Mary's beats VCU, they would play either the winner of UConn or Iona. I'm I'm fairly certain it's going to be UConn. I wouldn't say that, dude. I've watched Iona like Iona multiple times this year. And they got Rick Patino, dude. He is a yeah. hell of a coach. Hell no, of a coach. Don't sleep on uh, Nelly Joseph Jr. Their big man center is a dog. He will give Sonogo problems. I would not be shocked if he outplays Sonogo, but like easily outplays him. Yeah, that that's another fun matchup to talk. Me personally, I like UConn's favor. I like their guard play a little bit better than Iona's. I think that would be a game maybe where Tristan Newton could kind of pop off. But if UConn beats Iona and St. Mary's wins, UConn – I just it's, don't think St. Mary's is going to win. I'll <laughs> be real. Yeah. I really don't. If if St. Mary's does happen to advance to the round of 32 versus a team like UConn, if they choose to advance, I, I'm taking UConn riding with me to the Sweet 16. Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you, dude. I'm definitely right there with you. Um, We didn't talk about when we were talking about Virginia, the fact that Virginia literally is the biggest, besides the one year they won the national championship, they are the biggest frauds ever. Yep. They're the only 16 seed to ever lose to a one seed, first of all. Mm-hmm. They, every single year, were a one seed for like five straight years and lost before the Sweet 16. Or maybe Sweet 16, and that was the farthest they got. 
And then they ended up breaking through and winning it the next year after the loss to the 16 seed. But it's, but Virginia is a known fraudulent team, maybe even more than Gonzaga. <laughs> nope, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. But overall, I'm I'm not. I don't think Virginia goes far in this tournament. I do not. No, I don't either. Now let's yeah. let's look at some let's look at some other matchups there. Uh, obviously, a matchup me personally, I think could be a really fun one to watch. Obviously, Charleston versus San Diego State. That five versus twelve matchup, as we talked about. However, Charleston can't defend the three to save their life. They cannot. It, this is a horrible matchup for Charleston. Even though they are thirty-one and three on the season, this is a awful draw for Charleston. I don't know yeah, what you, your thoughts 100%. there are, Parker, but this is an awful, awful draw for uh, Charleston. Yeah, I think they just got a bad draw, honestly. Like if they got St. Mary's, dude, five twelve, I think they'd be a lot more confident than, than what they are. Yeah, no, most definitely agree with you there. And uh, we mentioned, I'm looking down at the bracket as we speak. I'm looking at, we we touched on that East uh, east region there with Kentucky earlier. That that Kentucky, that East region has a lot of talent in there. Now that I'm looking at it, you got Purdue, Memphis, Duke, Oral Roberts, uh, Tennessee, who we are not a fan of, as we have discussed on this show. We think their offense is not very good. And I'm looking got- at it real quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at last year, high seed. UCLA was the 11 seed. They whooped St. Mary's in the. <laughs> You're still on St. Mary's. <laughs> I'm just look. I'm just going back to see if I'm right about them getting upset all the time, and I I am. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're looking at down at the east side of this bracket, uh, heading into March. You look down, you see Purdue, you see Memphis, you see Duke. Oral Roberts has a very good team. Uh, Max Abe misses. Obviously, one of the best point guards in all of college basketball, as we have talked about on this show. Tennessee, I like that four and thirteen matchup, and I would not. We, me and Parker, talked about this off the record before this show, but now we're going to talk about it on the record. Louisiana, how are we feeling about that upset there, Parker? I think Louisiana can definitely go and get that W. I really I, do. I'm right there with you. Tennessee's kind of a Virginia squad. Um, I don't really know much about Louisiana, but. They always tend to, when they're in the tournament, like put up a fight. <laughs> they're just one of those teams, you know, and uh, I definitely think they can do work and get that W. I'm looking at that real quick. St. Mary's has been in the tournament five times in the last six years or seven years. Well, six, because one year doesn't count COVID. They would have been in it that year, though. They've won one game. Get this team. Quit putting this team as a five seed, y'all. Come on. <laughs> do better. Now, Parker, let's take a. Let's take a trip over to the west side of the bracket here. Obviously, Kansas is the number one overall seed, but this Kansas team's playing. Obviously, Kansas's resume states for themselves: fifteen quad one wins. However, you're looking down at a Howard team that just came off and won their conference. This is not an easy Howard team. This is a good Howard team. Mm-hmm. However, I, I'm curious. I like that, but I, I think Kansas gets it done. But I expect it to be a, a kind of a closer game than a lot of people anticipate. Uh, yeah, this Howard team is pretty good. I did get to watch some film on them. They're a pretty good squad. And uh, they could definitely give some Kansas some trouble. Um, Kansas is another squad that has a history of – if they okay. either – they yeah, they do. They have a history of either getting upset in the first two rounds or make it all the way to the Final Four. I feel like Kansas does one of two. Am I wrong to say that? I feel like that's pretty consistent. 
Kansas tends to get choke or they go and get a dub, like go and go all the way. That is usually what Kansas does. And uh, this could definitely be a trap game that could be a little, a little worrisome. The crazy thing is we're talking about these 116 matchups. Like they're all going to be like, oh, this team's going to dominate. At least one of these is going to be close. It always is. At least one it of these is going to be a fight. It's only one as one team has only won it ever, but there's always close games in this. Yeah. And we talk about that 116 matchup there in the west side of the bracket. But for Kansas's road, it wouldn't be easy. Illinois has had a, a decent year there in the Big Ten. And then Arkansas, who is has all the talent in the world, and then just couldn't put it together this year. At the 8-9 matchup there, obviously Arkansas is the 8 seed, Illinois is the 9. However, if it is Kansas, me personally, I think Arkansas takes the first one. And then a Kansas-Arkansas matchup, that would be a very fun game to watch for many reasons. Yeah, 100%. It would definitely be a really fun game, and it definitely would be a really good matchup for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about – I want to pull the bracket up again. Um, NCAA. There we go. All right, I wanted to pull up the bracket a little bit again, talk about another upset that I saw here earlier that I definitely think could be an upset. Uh, is Duke-Oral Roberts. We haven't talked about that yet. Oral Roberts – did not get the best draw. Duke is not the best five seed to play. However, I think Oral Roberts could definitely put up a fight in this matchup because Duke has been playing amazing, and I think they should not have been a five seed. I don't know about you, Neil. I think they kind of got screwed after winning the ACC tournament and everything like that. Kind of think they should have been a four, but they did get a five, and uh, I think Oral Roberts could definitely give them trouble as this Oral Roberts team is no joke, of course. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think Duke... Should have been a four seed. Obviously, they win the AAC. They're now the highest they've been all season in the AP polls that came out earlier today. They're now sitting at 12. So, realistically, you're doing the math. You're like, yeah. They're a three team. seed. They they should be a three seed if that's how it works. Yeah. The realistic three like, seed. Yeah, if that's how it works, they're like, yeah, Duke should be a three seed. But, no, they got a five seed versus a very good Oral Roberts team who has a history of playing upset here in the month of March. Uh, that we saw it in 2021, Max Abemus went nuts, took over, led the uh, Oral Roberts squad to the Sweet 16. Me personally, that is a very fun matchup to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite matchups of the first week or the first week. I'm definitely going to be watching this game, like 100%. I'm going to find a way to be sitting on a couch watching that game for sure. Like this is definitely going to be a good matchup, and uh, I'm excited to watch that one. 100% excited to watch that one. Um, just looking at other, you know, upset ideas here. I think Indiana could get upset because I don't think Indiana is that good, to be honest. Um, UConn-Iona. Iona is a really good team. They definitely could uh, make some noise against UConn. I think UConn's going to pull that game out. I do think it'll be close, though. Um, I do think it's going to be close. I don't really consider 7-10, 6-11 as much upsets because they're – they're still high major schools usually is what both teams are. So like, you know what I mean? Like I don't consider that like a crazy big upset. I feel like five, 12 and then to one are like the upset upsets, honestly. Um, I mean, how do you feel about Marquette? Oh, I think Marquette is easily going to take Vermont. Yeah. But that round of 32 team is, it's going to be a tough one for Marquette. Obviously USC is, if you got to play Michigan State or USC, that's not an easy matchup. It's not You're an right. easy matchup, especially with Tom Izzo and the history he has here in March uh, Madness. But 
Tom is Izzo is one of those coaches that is a lot better when he's like a seven seed. I swear. They yeah, always make runs you. when they're lower. It, it, but when they're like a one or two, I feel like Michigan State always gets upset. But like when they're like a seven, eight seed, Tom Izzo always goes on a run. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, Marquette's going to have a tough run. I mean, looking down at that at that bracket there in the East region. So they win there. Say they win, get to the round of 32, they'll have to go through Michigan or USC. And then they would either have to go through Kentucky or Providence or Kansas State. Uh, I must say this. Don't call me crazy. Don't be shocked if there is one. I wouldn't even throw it out of the picture. Don't be shocked if there is one um, team alive in the Big East after this weekend. And I don't be shocked if there's not any. I'm going to be real. I think that all those teams have a good shot of getting upset. I'm going to be real. They None of them have an easy draw to the Sweet 16. UConn is the team that I'm most confident can make a run. I don't really see a run out of uh, Marquette because their bracket's so tough. Yeah. Those lower seeds are so tough. I think they're going to beat them. I, really, I think Michigan State will beat Marquette. I really yeah, do. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan or USC is a definitely a tough Yeah, USC too, yeah. It's definitely a tough draw there for Marquette. But then you're looking down, like you have Kentucky and Providence there, a potential Sweet 16 matchup. Obviously, Kansas State's a good team, but say Kansas State gets Kentucky, I think everybody knows that matchup's going to be a Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But say Marquette makes it to the Sweet 16 versus Kentucky, I think we see Kentucky in the Elite Eight if that is the matchup. I think Kentucky's size and physicality will be the over-the-top factor there for the upset versus Marquette. Yeah, 100%. And, um, I mean, you look at Tom Izzo's track record. The guy's made a lot of Final Fours and Elite Eights. <laughs> so it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. I'm just looking at right here. Lost her uh, – Lost in the national semifinal a year. They lost 11 games, so I guarantee you they were not a high seed, uh, especially back then when it uh, feels like nowadays there's a lot more high-loss teams that are in the tournament because they take more strength of schedule and stuff like that, whereas back in the day it wasn't as much of that and everything like that. So, yeah, dude, it's going to be exciting in that bracket for sure. And um, Xavier's going to have a tough ride, too, the Sweet 16. <clears throat> yeah, I'm Sorry. there with you. Xavier's going to have a tough ride. Creighton, Xavier's going to have a tough round, <clears throat> tough ride to Sweet 16 because Iowa State's very good team. Obviously, yeah. the record might not stand for it, but they got some big They're in the Big 12. Big <clears throat> yeah, they got some and, dominant wins. They have Creighton will have Baylor. Baylor. Creighton will have Baylor. I, I don't th- think they're beating Baylor. I mean, Creighton's gonna have a hard time beating NC State. NC State's a good team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're you're talking about that side of the bracket there in the South region. Alabama is gonna have a, arguably the hardest road to the national championship. And I mean, you're looking down. Alabama got stuck in the side of the bracket that has uh, Arizona at the two seed, Baylor as the three, Virginia Mizzou as the is a four. seven. Mizzou's a good team. Mizzou's a very good team. And, I mean, you look down, NC State even at an 11 seed. Like, West Virginia has turned it on a notch lately. Like, Alabama arguably is not making it out of that. I don't think they make it out of Sweet 16. 
I don't either, dude. I really don't either. I'm be real. I don't either. I mean, I've said it all year who my favorite was to win the uh, national title, and I'm sticking right by it, even with how the bracket is. I'm not going to change my predictions. Arizona's going to come out of that side of the bracket. All right. I like it. Arizona will come out of that side of the bracket, and it showed this weekend they got a key win over UCLA in the Pac-12 championship. However, it was a two-point win, a two-point a uh, two-point takeaway from early in the game. Amari Bailey put that dude on an absolute poster. That was called a foul. I'm sticking with it. That game should have went to overtime. However, I got Arizona coming out of the South region. I like it. I like it, Neil. I really do. Um, this is going to be fun. I want to talk about before we get out of here, though. I want to talk about snubs. it before. Biggest snubs. And then after that, well, I'll tell you in a sec. But go ahead. Who's your biggest snub? We'll each give one. My biggest snub, Rutgers. Yeah, that's and my reason. Thinking. My reason. For the, <laughs> my reason for the biggest snub of Rutgers. They're playing in the Big Ten for one, but you're looking down at their record, right? Their worst loss in conference play was that one point loss to Ohio State. But then they fell to Miami by seven. Miami's in. But you're looking down at their rosters like, dude, they have key wins over Indiana, Purdue, Maryland, Northwestern, and Penn State, all who are within the NCAA tournament. Purdue being a one seed, that that's a key thing. But I think the ultimate decider that kept Rutgers out of the NCAA tournament was the fact, A, they have a horrible loss to Minnesota on their record, like an absolute horrible loss. Minnesota has been a very bad team this year, but they lost seven of their last 10 games. That was probably the factor right there for the committee to keep Rutgers out, despite having those very big wins over teams like Purdue, Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern, and Penn State, who have all climbed and are now sitting in the uh, tournament field. A team I'm going to talk about is Clemson. They had a really good case if you just look at their wins. They had some horrible losses is what kept them out of the tournament. And I see why. Um, I mean, they had losses to Louisville. That is just horrendous. A loss to Louisville is horrendous. They had a neutral site 20-point loss to Loyola Chicago, who only won 10 games this year. This isn't the Sister Jean uh, squad from a few years ago. (laughs) This is not the same Loyola, Loyola Chicago team. So that was a bad loss. Um, they didn't have a very high strength of schedule as the ACC really struggled this year. However, this team only lost 10 games, 23 wins, and you're not in the tournament playing in the ACC. It's pretty mind-blowing. They finished third in the conference. I mean, they were really dominant in the ACC. They won a lot of good wins. They had three quad one wins uh, uh, outside, not at home. Like on the road, they had three quad one wins, and that's just it's impressive. They had a really good season, and – uh I don't think their losses should have held them back as much as they did because their wins should have outweighed it, in my opinion. But they didn't get in, so it is what it is. I'm not a Clemson fan. <laughs> they got football. Yeah, and most definitely, I'm there with you. Clemson definitely gets snub- got snubbed. This was also a Clemson team that was in the top 25 for – Yeah, most of the year. Most of the year. So it's pretty crazy to think that they got snubbed uh, as well. Yeah, that's a, that's tough. It's definitely tough for them, especially, I mean, winning 23 games and 
in playing in the ACC and not making the tournament is pretty hard to do. That's that's tough, honestly. Um, it is. But it is. but yeah, now uh, let's get into the last thing I wanted to talk about today. Give me your NCAA tournament prediction. Who's going to win it? Just give me quick. Who's going to win it? And give me, um, give me a team that you think can make a run, a low seed that you don't be shocked if they make it to the Elite Eight, the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. So as I touched earlier, I've been saying this since I've been scouting this Arizona team since the Maui Invitational when UC played them. I really like Arizona for multiple reasons. Their guard play is phenomenal. Kara Cursa is phenomenal. Courtney Ramey is a fantastic guard. But then you have their bigs, Omar Ballo and Azulis Tabellis. Both Tabellis is making a case for player of the year, national player of the year. However, Arizona is a very good team, and we have seen it. Mm-hmm. We have seen it. They have they lost to UCLA in the regular season. They come back. They get the win here in the conference tournament, a 4-8. and eight. They're building momentum. I think they got a great draw for them. However, I, I know that South region is absolutely loaded between Bama, Arizona, Baylor, Virginia. But me personally, I think I think Baylor, I think Arizona can really get by Baylor there in the Sweet 16 to advance to the Elite Eight. And I think Arizona can upset Alabama there. So I think most importantly, I would have to say my my take right now is Arizona. I've been saying it all year. I'm not going to change it now. But the one team that I really think could make a run in this tournament, uh, I'm looking at the bracket as we speak. But man, there, there's a lot of good teams to think. But I'm a I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with what you said, Parker. I'm gonna go Texas A&M out of the Midwest. I like that. I really do like that. I like that a lot. Um, that's a good that's a good pick right there. For me, my NCAA tournament prediction: who I think is gonna win it. I'm going to be honest. So here's how I'm going to do this real quick. I'm going to do a process of elimination here real quick. I don't think Alabama's winning the title. I, I I don't. It's one of those things where I know you probably feel the same way. It's hard to just imagine Alabama basketball cutting down the nets. And that, mm-hmm. that, that sounds crazy, like that's stupid, whatever. But, like, it, it's just – it's tough to imagine. And I just think their team is just going to – they're in the toughest – they got the toughest bracket. I don't know. It's not looking too great for them. I don't think Purdue is going to win it, and I don't think Houston's going to win it. And there's only one one seed left. However, I don't think they're going to win it. <laughs> Kansas. I don't think Kansas is going back-to-back. That is so tough to do in college basketball. And you took Arizona, and that's a good pick. I definitely like that pick. Um, but I got a different pick for today. I got a different pick. I haven't really thought too much about it until now. I just got me on the spot, and I'm really thinking about it. I'm gonna go with UCLA to win the national tournament or national championship this year. Call me crazy, but uh, I'm gonna run it with UCLA just because I want to be different. I don't want to take I don't want to take a one seed because that's just boring. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I will say it yeah, will be is, tough for UCLA because it, it they will. lost Jalen Clark for the it rest will. of the season. It will. I know Jalen Clark's out. I know. I know. I know. However, I just I want to be different with my pick. Honestly, I don't want to pick one of the like obviously if i'm just gonna take like brains i would go kansas i really like that's who i would take like just based off who i think's gonna win however i want to be a little different you know <laughs> i want to spice it up a little bit ucla does have a nice little they got nice a nice backcourt they got jaime Hawkins jr's a beast um, amari bailey's now back fully amari healthy Baylor, yeah yeah they got a good squad i, I will think- say that poster dunk the other night from amari bailey was not a foul 
I'm sticking by. I don't know if no, you've seen it. Parker. That was so bad. That was so it, bad. It was dude got dude got body bagged. Like dude, dude got body put on a poster and and then you want to hear my uh, sleeper? Let's hear it. Memphis, Michigan State, USC, or Kentucky, or I, Duke, or Duke. Whoever the hell of those lower seeds, because I think one of them is coming out of that region. Like dead ass. I think Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State. Or USC is going to make a deep run. I don't think Tennessee. The top seeds in that are less scary than the bottom seeds. It's so weird. Yeah. Would you I'm be there. more scared to play K- Kansas State or Kentucky? I'd be more scared of Kentucky. Like seriously, Kentucky, Kentucky, yeah. absolutely. Marquette or Duke? Like I'd be more scared of Duke. Like seriously, I especially think in March. It, that's it's it's the March factor. Like these schools have their coaches have been there. These schools have been there. They know. Uh, do well. Shire hasn't been there yet, but he's been on the bench. With Shashevsky <laughs> there. Yeah, right. And it's just like, I trust these coaches in March, and I really do. And I think one of these schools is going to make a run, really. Like Michigan State, Duke, USC, Kentucky, uh, yeah, or Memphis. And Memphis. I like, I like Memphis a lot, too. I think Memphis could I think Memphis could make a Final Four run as an eight seed. I, I like I'm not that saying statement. it's going like to happen, but I think it's possible. It's definitely I, possible. I like that statement. Am I crazy to think, like, if I had to put my life on it, I'd put my faith in those teams over – Purdue, Marquette, Tennessee, or Kansas State. I I, I don't think I'm crazy. I don't I think, think you are either. I think a low seed is coming out of that bracket. I when can I tell you, out my bracket, I'm going to have a low seed coming out of there. I can tell you right now, no matter what matchup it is for Memphis, they're going to they're going to pressure the hell out of you. Oh on yeah, defense, on defense, 100. But Kendrick Davis is a walking bucket, an absolute walking bucket. Yeah. Although he is a little bit undersized. But man, I've obviously I've seen him all year, but seeing him up close and personal the last three days, like what he does, and this this is a Kendrick Davis who has never made the NCAA tournament, and yeah, he, he from SMU. really made that known this last week when we've talked to him. He goes, "I've never made the NCAA tournament." I've He's never gonna made ball, it. bros. Bros got that swagger, that March Madness. Like, bro might be the next hero of March Madness. He's got yeah. that type of vibe. He does for sure. He's got that Carson Edwards I mean, vibe to him. I literally watched him. Man, what talk was, about a it show. Was yes- Carson Edwards. That was a show. It was yesterday versus Houston. Six points in 13 seconds. Kendrick Davis. He's nice. He's nice. Came he down. Really is. Came down, bagged the three. Next thing you know, that Alex was a fun Lomax game to watch comes, yesterday. Alex Lomax comes back, gets a steal, and Kendrick Davis pulls up for 28 feet and just cashes. And I mean, Dickey's Arena, Parker was nuts. <laughs> Like, I've never seen that much energy come out of that Memphis team. Like, Houston looked deflated. Also, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. finish. Memphis plays like how they played yesterday, they're they're making a run. And I think think they will. You have a valid point. They could make a run to the final four. Because, yeah, I do too. I really do. I think one of those low seeds is going to make the run. I I, I really think that. Um, One thing I didn't, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but just look at the bracket right now. I didn't even see this before. Kansas Arkansas second round. That's gonna be a tough game for Kansas. Arkansas's good, man. They're gotten they're getting healthy at the right time. They're yeah, a good Nick team. Smith, Jordan Walsh. They were a Ricky what, Council. Top, that's, top that's five a team at certain points, like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, heading into Maui, they were number nine. Yeah, this is a good team that just wasn't healthy for a big portion of the season. They could they could make a run. That this is gonna be a this is a balanced tournament, really. Because when the tournament is not balanced, are the years where the one seeds are. 
Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, and those teams just steamroll, and you get, like, blue bloods in the Elite Eight. This year, this shit, the blue bloods are the low seeds, and the <laughs> one seeds, the one seeds, these teams have never proved themselves for shit. Like, seriously. Outside of Kansas, is Kansas. Alabama, is Alabama, I said outside of Kansas. Yeah, Kansas it's, obviously made their statement, 15 quad yeah. one wins. And they're a, blue, they're a blue blood, that's the only one. The rest of them, you got Alabama. Are you that confident in Alabama basketball? This isn't Nick Saban and the football team. This is basketball. You got Purdue. I'm not confident in Purdue. They can't break a press. And if, I, if I think good, it's anything. Like, it's just these aren't, these aren't premier programs at the top at all. And that's why it's like this could be a wide open tournament where you get like in the final four, it's like a one seed, a five seed, a seven, and a four or something. like. I feel like it's going to be one of those. What year was it? The year UConn, Kentucky were in the national championship, and it was when a UConn seven. Was, uh, like a, a seven UConn was a 12. seven, and Kentucky was an eight, and they want met in the national championship. I could see something like that this year, really, like a, maybe a four or five or something, something weird, really. Yeah, there's a lot of good teams. I, I'm there with you. I think if any one seed outside of Kansas is gonna be able to make that run, it would be Houston. I do because- too. I think Houston has a. I think Houston's gonna end up at least in the elite eight. They no, got a no. nice run. They they'll have a nice run there, but they got to go through a potential squad of either Xavier or Texas, or, Texas or even A and M. Yeah, don't count at A and M. Yeah, or even A and M. I mean, Indiana then, could if Indiana's on fire. De- depends they what they'd have to play great. Indiana depends what Trace Jackson Davis shows up. Yeah, if they get that matchup, because it's let's be honest, like if that matchup comes, it's going to be a tr- Trace Jackson Davis versus Trace Walker show. I will say, Trace Jackson Davis, shout out him. He put Indiana basketball, which is one of the greatest programs ever, back on the map these last few years because he's a dog. I know he is beloved in the state of Indiana. He is beloved. I mean, dude's a hell of a player, but, like, that guy is Jordan in Indiana. They love him. And, I mean, I'll, I mean, they're one of the greatest programs ever, and they had some down years for, like, four or five years before he got there. Um, and they still weren't, they weren't great, but he just was that great of a player the last, like, three years or so. Um before we get out of here, I want to say one thing, though, because I think we've wrapped up everything. I want to say one thing, and I hope – I think you'll agree with me. I am tired of these idiot talking heads on TV so scared of making a wrong prediction that they all have the same damn Final Four of four one-seeds or maybe three one-seeds and a two-seed. You think Nobody ever picks an upset. Do they watch March Madness? Upsets happen constantly, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are they so scared of getting – like, throwing upsets in there? I don't care. My bracket, you'll see, dude, because we'll probably be in a bracket together, that thing he just sent out. I throw upsets out there because it's what happens. I'm the same way. Bro, why do they act like it's going to be four one seeds? Has that ever even happened? Like probably once. It never happens. I think I saw a statistic yesterday that said if you're coming in as a one seed, only one has won won the national championship as a one seed. In the last few years. Yeah, it's like, you see it every year. Kentucky lost to St. Peter's last year. Kentucky, the most storied program in the history of college basketball, <laughs> with the crowd being 99% Kentucky fans, 1% St. Peter's fans, and they got their ass whooped by Doug Edder. It, any, <laughs> Doug Edder, that, that bro, is right. Bro, anything happens in college. It's crazy. That's why it's college. The NBA is where you get the one seed, makes it to the finals. It's what happens. The NBA is... The best team wins because you got to beat a team seven times, obviously, or four times out of seven. 
college, you have to beat them one game. Anything can happen in one game. Everybody knows that. Like, hell. Like, anything can happen in one game. That's why college is so fun. And I just get tired. I had to go on a little rant because I get tired of seeing that bullshit where people are like, yep, uh, Jay, Jay Wright yesterday on CBS. All right, I got Kansas, Alabama, Houston, and Purdue in my final four. Just like the other guy who just went. Like, just like Clark Kellogg who just went. You guys can't. You guys have the same final fours, and maybe you'll throw in, sprinkle in a little, I don't know, Texas in there or Gonzaga. Jay Wright picked Gonzaga to win it all. What a terrible prediction! Yeah, that, <laughs> I will say this: you cannot sleep on any of the outside of Kansas as the one seed. You cannot sleep on any of the Big Twelve teams, whether it no, is they a are West good. Virginia as an Baylor. Eight seed, Baylor like, is a legit three seed. Don't be scared of Baylor. Be scared of West Virginia. And then you look down, you got Texas at a two seed on the opposite side of the bracket. And then you're also looking down like <laughs> the big big 12 is going to make some runs, dude. Exactly. And then you got fraudulent-ass teams like freaking St. Mary's. They're not making a run. I hate to break it to you. Freaking, I must say this. And then St. Mary's, we're going to be back here on Monday. And St. Mary's just won by 30, two straight games. And they're in the Sweet 16. And I'm going to – Kentucky lost in the first round. I'm going to be crying in shambles. <laughs> Dude, no, but it's just like Johnson and I, 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 I might not be here on the podcast Monday if that happens, but um, <laughs> I don't know if I could face it, dude. But I don't know. It just it really frustrates me when I see people like put the same like they act like like upsets don't happen. Like, dude, yes they do. Dude, like, we watched Villanova win the national championship on yeah. a literal buzzer beater. They're just Neil. There's like the talking heads on TV and stuff are so scared of like calling an upset and then that team loses by 30 that they just don't do it. And it's like, come on, man. Like it, have some, have some fun with it. Yeah, like, no, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. That's why it's called March. That's why it's called March madness. <laughs> Literally, madness bro. happens here, baby. Bro, that like, that never happens. I just don't get it. It's so stupid in my opinion. And I just had to get off my chest because it, it really annoys me. It really does. It's a trigger for me. But, uh, yeah, after that rant's out of the way, hope you guys did enjoy this episode of the At-Large Bid. Uh, me and Neil are here to give you everything college basketball. You want to go Thursday? No, games will be uh, – I don't know. We can go Thursday or Saturday morning. I'd say we could go Thursday morning and recap the playing games. I'm down. I'm down okay. for it. Let's do it. Let's do it before the game's Thursday, then. We'll go Thursday morning. Is that cool? That works for me. All right, we'll be here Thursday morning. We might, Dude, we might end up be doing, like, three episodes a week right now just because it's the tournament. Like, at least for the first week of the tournament because there's just going to be games every single day. There's going to be games pumping out. I'm yeah, ready. so we might have to go, like, Monday, like, today, Thursday, Saturday, Monday again. Um, I'm, I'm there. Let's rock it out. Let's give these guys what they want. Exactly. Uh, Really good tournament uh bracket set up like we were talking about like we think this is a really balanced tournament i i really think that and i think a a, a sleeper team's gonna make a run but uh this was an episode of at large bit i hope you guys did enjoy if you didn't you are on youtube go ahead and subscribe to the channel down below uh like the video as well that really helps a lot us out a lot pushes this content out to more and more people follow us on twitter our socials are down below in the description uh neil meyer and parker fields and we are out see you guys see you guys